As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Welcome to the Andy Staples Show. Happy Friday. It has been quite a week. I've been in Las Vegas for the National Football Foundation Hall of Fame festivities. I didn't sit through the the four-and-a-half, five-hour dinner, but I did hang out with a lot of the athletic directors and and coaches and commissioners who were in town. And then there was the Learfield Sports Business Journal Collegiate Sports Forum, which was pretty interesting. All the commissioners from the Power Five Leagues and a few of the Group of Five commissioners came and talked and discussed their various positions on the college football playoff and scheduling and NIL and all all kinds of stuff. It it was fascinating and actually bumped into an old friend and you're going to hear from him later in the show, Brandon Wimbush, former Notre Dame quarterback. He is now one of the co-founders of a company called Mogul, which connects athletes with companies for NIL deals. And it's pretty cool because when I met Brandon, he was a quarterback at Notre Dame He wanted to parlay being the QB at Notre Dame and getting a Notre Dame degree into becoming a CEO, a mogul, you know, in his own right. And uh, he's the chief athletic officer at Mogul. And my my guess is he will be the CEO of of something someday. He's only only 24 right now, so he's got got plenty of time left. But he talked about the business that he's helping create, about playing quarterback at Notre Dame, about what that means and, and what that's like. He talked about his old coach, Brian Kelly, going to LSU. We talked about Marcus Freeman taking over at Notre Dame, Tommy Reese remaining at Notre Dame as the OC. So really good interview with Brandon coming up. But first, let's talk a little bit about the college football playoff because it was my first chance to, to in person talk to a lot of these commissioners about what is going on with the negotiations for the playoff. And I, I can say the negotiations for the expanded playoff because they all made it very clear it's going to expand. The, the question is whether it's going to expand to eight or to 12. My guess is 12 because the the solutions for eight, it, it feels like they will not be able to come to a compromise. Basically, there's a camp that if you went eight, it would need to have six automatic qualifying bids, two at-larges. The other camp says if you're going to go eight, it has to be best eight. And I don't think they're going to come to an agreement on that. So I think it's going to be 12. And To be perfectly honest, 12 probably makes more sense for what they're trying to do because all of the commissioners at this point have agreed 
that they'd like to sell multiple TV packages. It doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be to multiple networks, but as George Klyavkov from the Pac-12 put it, if they sold it to one, that one better pony up. They're going to have to pay a premium to get it all. So I doubt very seriously in the next college football playoff contract. Now, they, they may change the format before the contract ends, but in the next contract that begins in 2026, my guess is you will see it on multiple networks. And that's just because there's a lot more money in that for them. And I think you probably need to go to 12 to be able to split it up like that and to have more product to sell. So if I had to guess, I'd say it's probably going to go to 12. Now, how does it go to 12 is a little bit different question. There's a few little issues that need to be resolved before they decide, yes, we're going to go ahead and do this. And one of those is how many automatic qualifying bids and who gets them. Six seems to be the number that everybody's stuck on, and and everybody seems okay with that. The question is, how do you split it up? There's a contingent, and this contingent includes the SEC, the Big 12, and the group of five that would prefer the top six ranked conference champs, which is what the proposal put forth by that subcommittee in the spring said. Uh, and that subcommittee included Greg Sankey, the commissioner of the SEC, Bob Bowlesby, commissioner of the Big 12, Craig Thompson, the commissioner of Mountain West, and Notre Dame AD Jack Swarbrick. The Big 10, the ACC, would prefer a system where it's the five power five conference champs automatically to bid plus the highest ranked group of five champ. Now, interestingly enough, Clay Avkoff from the Pac-12 says he's not necessarily tied into either one. My guess is he's aligned himself with the Big Ten and the ACC, so if it goes that way, he's probably on their side. But he he says, publicly at least, that he's not one way or the other. But it's interesting talking to these guys about this because we asked Kevin Warren, the commissioner of the Big 12, on Thursday why do you need this? Your champion would have gotten in every year in a 12-team system otherwise. Remember, the Big 12 champ did not get into the playoff in 2016. Another team from the Big 10 got in in 2016. Penn State was the champ. Ohio State was not the champ, but got in anyway. And then in 2018, the, the Big 10 champ was left out of the playoff. So, But with a 12-team system, that wouldn't have been an issue. All of those teams would have gotten in. But we asked Kevin Warren, why then is it that important that these five leagues get an automatic bid? Here's his answer. So you can imagine uh, what would, I, I just from a, from a brand protection and opportunity standpoint, if that ever happened, especially as demanding as our schedule is, it would not be only not good for our conferences, but it wouldn't be good for college football. So the naysayers who have said to me, well, Kevin, you guys are always in, you only one time in 25 years. I said, that's fine. That just reiterates the point. I just think that will, that will you know, help the consistency um, as we go forward. I'm a big believer in it, and five plus one. And that still creates, if we go to 12, it still creates you know, six spots for, for people to have an opportunity to come in from that large standpoint. So Kevin Warren kind of turned around basically saying, well, if we're always going to get in, then you may as well give us the automatic bid. More interesting is the answer that Bob Bowlesby gave because look at what's happened to the Big 12. They've lost Texas and Oklahoma. They, of all the leagues, probably need that automatic qualifying bid the most. If they were guaranteed that AQ spot, then it adds cachet to the league. It probably increases the value of their next media rights deal. 
So why does he not necessarily like it? Well, I asked him about that on Wednesday, and he said he remembers back in the BCS days when the, the commissioners of the BCS AQ conferences got hauled before Congress and were basically pilloried for being unfair and not creating an unfair system. So Bowlesby says he, he doesn't like to lean into left hooks, basically. He doesn't, he doesn't want to codify these are the five preferred conferences because he feels like that could be something that could trip them up down the road. So he's not as concerned about it, and he looks at it like my champ would have gotten in all of these years in a 12-team system and looks at the lineup he's got coming in with, with BYU and Cincinnati and Houston and UCF adding to what they what they have left. And he feels pretty comfortable that the champion of that league would be one of the six highest ranked. Wouldn't the Big 12 be better off with five plus one? Yeah, probably. I mean, as a league in transition, sure, we, you know, I would give us some surety. But you know, I'm, I'm confident in our ability to eat what we kill. And uh, I think we'll play at a high level and we'll do okay under either model. So we'll see how those guys wind up deciding what they're going to do. The deadline is approaching to do it in 2024. If they don't hit it in the next few months, it sounds like it moves on to 2025. And if, if that's the case, then you may as well just let this current contract run out and start anew in 2026, because that is the, the current 12 year deal runs through the 2025 season. So we'll see if they get it done. It doesn't feel like they're that far apart, but there are some issues that still need to be resolved. One other interesting thing that the commissioners talked about, George Klyavkov from the PAC 12 said, basically, I'm new here. I was the the president of sports and entertainment at MGM Resorts. I was not involved in college football the last 30 years. I'm, I'm new to this system. So I'm looking at this new system and saying, wait a second, you guys schedule games 12 years out, non-conference games? Why? That's incredibly stupid. I believe the word that Klayavkoff actually used on stage was, it's insane. And I got to agree with him. I mean, there are games that are scheduled. I'm wondering if I'm going to be retired before they get played. And he says, this is idiotic. Why, why do it this way? Why not do it differently? And so one of the things that he wants to do with his fellow conferences in the Alliance, which would be the ACC and the Big Ten, is do non-conference scheduling and spread it throughout the season. And they create great games that would be valuable to their TV partners, valuable for, for season ticket packages, you name it. And so he doesn't feel like it it's that far off. You know, his thing is, let's do this right away. Basically, can can we get this done by changing the schedule? And what the Pac-12 would do is they would go from nine conference games to eight. And if they do that, then there's one game per season per team that could be scheduled somewhere else. And so he says, let's do it. So there's two components to it. One is a longer-term component of getting out of some of our current contracts and our colleagues in the alliance getting out of some of theirs. I think 
the conference realignment will provide you know more immediate opportunities than we think, right? Because I believe the SEC is going to go to a longer conference schedule. So we have lots of games scheduled against the SEC, as does the Big Ten and the ACC, and some of those games will free up. As another example, uh, our conference has quite a few games scheduled in the future with BYU. BYU is going to have to clear some of their schedule for the Big 12 when they join the Big 12. So I think one component of that is that you're going to be able to have um, some of those game contracts clear up. So that'll, that'll be great. The more obvious and immediate way to get there is for uh, each of the conferences to free up their conference games. So much easier for uh, the Big Ten and for us than for Jim in the ACC because he's got eight plus five against Notre Dame. Um, but when it comes to going from nine to eight conference games to free up to be able to play one game against uh, one of the other alliance partners, we're ready to do that now. Now, to make this happen with the Big Ten, Kevin Warren and, and the coaches and the athletic directors in the Big Ten have to agree to go to eight conference games as well. The question is, when will they do that? Kevin Warren, who's also new to college athletics, he, he came from the Minnesota Vikings, he was in the NFL, not as gung-ho as George Klyavkov. It sounds to me like Kevin Warren wants to wait a little bit longer. Well, I mean, I, I think, you know, something like probably, it, it, again, it depends if you did, it's probably 23, 24. Those yeah, things right. take time to do from yeah. a you know, scheduling standpoint. And me, one combination of being a lawyer, I'm always very cognizant of contractual relationships that you have. You need to just be very thoughtful. If I had to guess at when Kevin Warren is angling toward when he talks about I'm a lawyer and I worry about existing contracts, remember the Big Ten's television contract ends after the 2022 season. The, there will be a new deal in place for the 2023 season. If I had to guess, if they wanted to do something different, and remember the Big Ten playing nine conference games is a relatively new phenomenon. They just started doing it, I believe, in 2017. So it's not like it's this sacred trust that they'd be breaking. They they initially went to more conference games because they felt like that was going to help season ticket sales and, and help strength the schedule. Uh, and actually wound up canceling a a non-conference scheduling agreement with the Pac-12 when they decided to do that. My guess is if they're going to make a change in the number of conference games, they will do it ahead of the new TV deal. So if I had to guess when something like that would start happening, I'd say it's 2023. But that said, after spending all these years with these school scheduling games 10, 12 years out, I am thrilled that they are talking about doing something. Maybe it's not next year, the year after. I can live with that. And it sounds like they're they're trying to create some great games. And I listen, I am all for it. If they want to play Ohio State and USC, if they want to match up Michigan and Clemson, please do it. Let's let's do it. Let's have some fun with this. And it can only help the sport. They're modeling it after the, the ACC Big Ten Challenge in basketball, and it would be spectacular. They would be scheduling the games. Basically, you'd know if you had a home game or an away game or a neutral site game, and they would match you against a team of similar ability. And so you'd get really great matchups at the top of the leagues. And so let's, let's do it. I, I'm so happy that, that some new blood has come in, and George Klyavkov has said, look, I'm not from here. I, I wasn't involved in your BS before. So I don't have to feel like it's it's anything important. 
I'm going to go ahead and say, let's do the best thing that is the most fun and would be the most entertaining. And by all means, get it done. Just get it done. We'll be right back after these words. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who are actively searching for a new job might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. LinkedIn knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats it might not have the time or resources to hire. LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make the process easier. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. 2.5 million small businesses use LinkedIn for hiring. And it's time you join that number. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash CFB23. That's linkedin.com slash CFB and the numbers 23 to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Let's talk to Brandon Wimbush, former Notre Dame quarterback, also former UCF quarterback. Really interesting guy. He, he, he I would say... He used his time at Notre Dame very wisely. He was always looking for internships and networking possibilities when he was there. And his his goal was to become a leader in business. And here he is in, in his early 20s, and he's already doing it. So really fun conversation with him about what comes next with NIL, what comes next for Notre Dame, what Brian Kelly's going to do at LSU. Here's Brandon Wimbush. All right, Brandon, last time we saw each other, you were still at Notre Dame. Yeah. You were on your spring break working out with a bunch of other quarterbacks, Josh Allen, Jarrett Garantano, Kenny Hill. Yeah. Do you feel very old hearing those names? I do feel old, but I feel more than anything, Andy, honored to be you know, one of those names, right? Yeah. Uh, Chase Griffin is another, and George Whitfield. Ch- right? Chase Griffin was a little – well, he was in high school at that point, but right. – He'd been coming to those things since he was a little kid. Right. Chase Griffin, the, the quarterback, he's a quarterback at UCLA. Uh, future president of the United States. Am I, right. am I underselling that there? No, that's, that's, that's the way George puts it for, for Chase. I think, he's on the, I think he's on the right trajectory oh, yeah. at, at UCLA. 100%. 100%. The things that he's doing there. Well, it, it's interesting because you are now working with Mogul. You're one of the co-founders of Mogul, which is a – basically it is, a, it is an exchange that connects athletes with – companies that want to do NIL deals with them. Right. And I just, it, it, when I saw your name on this, when, when you guys first came out, I thought, oh, this is, this is exactly what Brandon was moving toward when, when he was in college, because you were yeah. that guy when you were at Notre Dame and you also transferred to, to UCF later. But yeah. when you were at Notre Dame, you 
took advantage of every the, every Notre Dame connection you could yeah. to do internships and 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 just network. And yeah. now you hear you're you're the founder of a business in your twenties. Yeah, I mean that's the I mean. It's what you wanted, right? It's like what I dreamed of. I always said I wanted to be a CEO of a company. I'm the chief athletic officer. I'm a CAO. But I never knew it would be when I was 24 years old that I would assume a position like this. Uh, and, and it's been a hell of a ride. Entrepreneurship has been a great experience. It's been great forming a team. We're, we're at two, uh, 12 full-time team members now. But the space, Andy, I mean, the it's space blowing is blowing up. And it's ideal for what I'm, my background and my experience. Well, that's what I imagine is... is Athletes can can probably get a hold of you and say, "All right, how do I do this? What do I do?" Right? Because that that seems like the most confusing thing is this only started in July, right? And nobody really knew how any, any of it worked, right? So how do you when when you're talking to athletes, how do you explain how this works? Yeah, I mean this this entire space is educational um, from the athlete side, from the brand side, from the university side. So the universities have done a better job from July 1 mm -hmm. than they had previously leading up to July 1. Of telling them, hey, this is coming. Yeah. Hey, this is coming. Here's what you can, cannot do. Um, but as you've learned here at the Sports Business Journal Forum, there's so many levels of rules and regulations that the athletes either have to abide by. Um, so there's a lot of things that the athletes can, you know, can and can't do and have to stay away from. Mm -hmm. So us as a platform at Mogul, we try to do our best job of educating the athletes and vetting the brands yeah. more so than anything before they enter the platform and interact with our athletes. Because you're dealing with multiple state laws, right. you're dealing with different school rules, and, yeah. and, and so you got to make sure those athletes don't run afoul of, of any right. of them. And I know you got Khalil Wilkes, who, who played at O-Line yeah. at Stanford. He's working with you guys now. And yeah. uh, it seems like everybody who, you know, has been kind of in the system. Yeah. How much does that help, having, yeah. having dealt with it from the inside? We're founded for athletes by athletes. And myself as a former athlete, Khalil Wilkes, who you just mentioned, we poached him from Stanford. We met with Bernard Muir here, and he was a little <laughs> pissed at uh, Stanford's athletic director that we poached him, uh, Khalil, because he's been great for us. And another athlete perspective. He got his law degree after he finished he the NFL, right? He got his law right? degree yeah. from uh, University of Villanova, which is one of the most yeah. renowned uh, law programs, and then also worked at the NCAA uh, within their uh, internal compliance uh, department. So for him to be able to provide that perspective on, uh, again, on the athlete side, but then understanding compliance. And then our number one thing is let's maintain the athlete's eligibility. Yeah. They can't do anything with NIL if they're not able to play on Fridays or Saturdays. Exactly. Uh, so that's our biggest thing. And, and it's been great to be able to have that source of, uh, reliability and, uh, comfortability within yeah. our, within our team. So what are some of your favorite deals that, that you've helped work out so far yeah and i think we spoke about uh the darian rancher with uh mbc yeah. row the podcast networks and, I and think darian darian is the driving force at clemson oh. when trevor lawrence oh, yeah. was was so out darian was the one Darian's right kind of behind him helping right him message right. it yeah um so darian's been great great friend of mine but i knew this guy had a personality i knew he was going to take full advantage of nil and you should you should speak to him and see how he's been able to do oh, yeah. that uh, multiple podcast brands, to another, podcasts, absolutely. Um, <laughs> so podcasts have been a great, and we spoke about this, a great outlet for a lot of these creative athletes Yeah, uh, to tell their stories and to connect with their authentic audiences mm -hmm. and, and fans. So that one, and then we've been able to do a lot of uh, uh, cause for good, you mm -hmm. know, opportunities with athletes who want to give back into their communities and do charity events like that. That's the so, part I think that, that amazed me the most because 
we, I had written stories over the years about different, you know, athletes trying to do things and they, they would run into NCAA problems because they were trying to raise money and they, yeah. they couldn't use their names to do that. I was shocked at, at how many athletes immediately decided, all right, Let's I want to help, help yeah. people. I want to yeah. raise money for charity. Yeah. Dylan Gibbons. Right? Right, at Florida State. Absolutely. Dylan Gibbons, Notre Dame Your guy. former teammate at Notre yeah. Dame. Yep. Didn't facilitate it, right? We didn't facilitate it. But I think that example really set the standard for the effects and the impacts that this new name, image, and likeness opportunity can have. Kenny Pickett up at Pittsburgh. Yep. Uh, we're able to do stuff right now through Mogul with around the holiday season, giving back turkeys. We've been able to facilitate doing gift shopping. Uh, it's an idea, idea I stole from uh, Notre Dame. We would go to Myers mm-hmm. and have 100 kids from a boys and girls club and shop with them respectively. Um, so just things like that, I think, really go a long way. And then, Andy, to be honest, you don't know what athletes are doing with their money, and they could be providing to their families mm-hmm. back home and keeping the yeah. lights on. So it's those circumstances that I think really uh, are the bigger you know, opportunity here with this new name. How much like fun this. is it with this being so wide open? Yeah. Every, I mean, it seems like every day there's a new idea. There's, yeah, there's new ideas. Uh, I think NFTs is something that's hot. Yeah. So the value there and the value creation for athletes there is going to be immense. Um, but this was a phenomenal, we're at the sports business journal right now for them. And this has been a phenomenal eye-opening experience for my business partner, my team and I on what's to come, what's to expect. Cause you get to see the commissioners the people and the, who are making the the decisions. Yeah. These are the decision makers, right? So for us to be involved and a part of this program, um, you know, with the big dogs, right. For yeah. lack of a better way to put it, I think is, is a phenomenal you know thing for us. So what would you, what do you think you would have done? What, what, what would have been your NIL deals when you were Notre Dame starting quarterback? What, where, what a, would you have been going for? It's a great question. I think I would have stayed aligned with what I did. Yeah. Internships, externships. Let's be, let's get on the internal team for, for a company and let's do a creative, right? Like, mm-hmm. Let's brand something towards who I am, right? Yeah. Let's make this longer than just a one-off social media post. That's not what this is going to be in three to five years, Andy. This is going to be a professional development opportunity for a lot of these athletes in enduring internships and externships, summertime programs, right? Things yep. that are going to expand way beyond just a social media Well, and post. that's I, I've been learning a lot about brand building over the last few years just in, in my own career because I was a sports writer. You know, I, I started out as a sports writer, figured I'd write for newspapers my entire life. Right. Newspapers went in the dumpster and yeah. I had to figure something out. And I've realized, thanks to social media, it was just an accident. Like, the more you can brand yourself, the better you can brand yourself. Be identifiable. Uh, you know, create an audience that's reliable. Right. This is all stuff that I didn't learn until my, my 30s. Right. I couldn't imagine. If I could learn it in high school or college, yeah. it would put me so far ahead. Where would you have been right now? Yeah. Right? Where would your 150,000 followers <laughs> Well, it right might be now. more than that. So. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, it's ten it, years ago. You it's know? it's crazy. But social media, though, you didn't have that. Yeah, you, to your advantage when you were in school. So the fact that these athletes have this platform and this way to connect with their audience through so many other platforms, it's been you know a, a wonderful thing. So I've always wondered this: What is it like being the starting quarterback at Notre Dame? Notre Dame. What is the day to day? What does the pressure feel like? Yeah. What, what do you just is it on your shoulders yeah. all the time that I'm I'm the quarterback at Notre Dame? Yeah, you know I was happy about uh Andy. We're connected with Jim Phillips, yeah. the commissioner of the ACC. His yep. son uh, runs track at at Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh bringing that full story full circle, 
mental health was yeah. was one of the things that Jim had mentioned, and then other mm -hmm. commissioners. Kevin had Warren mentioned at the Big Ten today. The yep. alliance that they've created, right, is the mental health aspect mm -hmm. of it. And I think just being a quarterback at the University of Notre Dame comes with a lot of mental health uh, stigma. And it, it's not a stigma; it's 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 a fact. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of pressure. There's 40 million Notre Dame fans across the country, and it's not just in South Bend. But there's, it's. I mean, what's what's the quote? I always mess up the quote, but it's. Uh, the three most important positions in the world are the Pope, the Notre Dame quarterback, and, and Dallas. Yeah, Dallas Cowboys, Cowboys coach. Like yeah, that. exactly. So, yeah. um, but in your 18 years old, trying to trying to uplift the program, an entire program. Yeah. Um, but so it's it's obviously a privilege, and and you have to understand that, right? I'm so glad that athletes have been able to start talking about this. I, I did a story a couple of weeks ago on Sam Hartman, the the quarterback yeah. at Wake Forest, and and he wanted to do it. He he actually. He's the one who had the idea and he'd been, he started going to therapy about six months ago yeah. and he wanted people to understand how much it had helped him and, and, and that it's okay if you're an athlete, like you can talk about your feelings, you can do this stuff and it doesn't make you weak or, you know, a, a lesser athlete. And so I, I can imagine like a, a position like that, starting quarterback in Notre Dame, starting quarterback in Alabama, yeah. you know, where everyone is just looking at you all the time. Yeah. That's, that does have to mess with your head somewhat. Yeah. I mean, 80,000 people I get, you know, sometimes we're on the field. You don't, you don't, you don't understand it. Right. I'd say I get more pressure and nervous sometimes speaking mm -hmm. uh, publicly, but there's so much that you have to do and, and, and on schedule and meetings and class and family and then friends. And then you want to live a social life and then you want to network because you want to maximize the leverage that you have while you're marketable. Yeah. So it's all of that tied into one and, and being 18 to 20 years old, you have no experience on how to manage that. Yep. And if you don't have a structure or, or a foundation either at home or mm -hmm. at school, and uh, I'm happy that a lot of these commissioners have, have spoke about yeah. reallocating resources towards mental health. Oh, I think it'd be huge because people don't understand. I mean, when you are 17, 18 going into that process, that's, yeah, That's a it's lot. Scary. So it's scary. Now, let's talk about your mom, Heather. Yeah, who is a a dynamo. <laughs> and I met yeah. her when I met you, and and was just blown away. Yeah, figured you know this is why he's where I'm as at. impressive as he yeah. is. But she told me a story about when you were in high school. You go to St. Peter's Prep in, in New Jersey, in New Jersey yeah. and you've got these classmates and teammates and their parents are you know CEOs and CFOs yeah. and yeah. and and doing big things. And she said that you, when you started meeting these people, you just started to pick their brains. You're like, how'd you get where you were? What do yeah. I do? How do I do this? Yeah. I mean, I was so, I think I got to get back to that. But my curiosity factor was just, it skyrocketed once I went to prep. And I saw I saw another world. I saw another life yeah. for myself, right? And, and your mom's a no, nurse, right? It's no knock to my family. Yeah. And, right? We come from Jamaica, Pittsburgh, like, you know, mm -hmm. uh, um, you know, middle-class family, yep. like provided, had all the necessities. Right. But then there's another way of living and sometimes you're not exposed to that. Right. And then for me is, is going to prep is going to Notre Dame. It's just an, yep. uh, another heightened extension of that as, as you know. And so you're surrounded by people who are just living a different way and a different lifestyle. And um, it's, it's healthy. Yeah. Right? It's healthy to see that and understand that, okay, I want to strive for this type of excellence. Yeah. I mean, I, I would, your mom was a nurse. My parents were both teachers. Okay. You know, we, you, you just assume that's, that's what everybody's top, like. Yeah. That's a, and I think every, no matter where you are on the scale, I think you probably assume yeah. everybody's like this. And then you see what, what it could be. And it's like, wow. Because right. it, it was the same for me after college where you start meeting some people and, and learning yeah. about this. And it's, it is amazing 
how that works. But the curiosity is the, is the, is the key. Is yeah. is asking, willing to learn, or or you know, I, it's all the the you know self help gurus always say, well, you know. Do your best friends make more money than you or less money than you? Yeah. Who are you hanging around? Who are you surrounding yourself with? So, right. but it, it it's amazing that you kind of identified that as a you know as a teenager. Yeah, I, so, mean, I was fourteen years old and and, and understood that. But so uh, you went through the transfer process, yep. and and that's obviously huge in college football now because now everybody can do that that one time transfer. You did yeah. it as a as a graduate transfer, but yeah, what was that like for you leaving and then? starting over in a new program so i'm surprised that i mean i don't, I don't want to phrase this i think I was, I was the second year that the portal was out i think i transferred in 2019 i think yeah. that was the second year after the portal had been announced that it was a thing and for me it was a really easy process Andy, because i was recruited out of high school so heavily mm-hmm. so the coaching connections that i right. had across the country right ryan day right when he was recruiting me from the east coast at boston college um Jeff Lebby, Chuck Martin from, you know, Notre Dame background, mm-hmm. Chip Kelly at UCLA. Um, these were guys that I had familiarity with. Yeah. So it was easy to have calls, make the connections. And it wasn't so much about the transfer portal, um, but I was lucky and I was blessed again. So guys like uh, Spencer Rattler and, mm-hmm. and Dylan Gabriel, um, you know, how much are they going to be in the portal? I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Like they have connections already. That yeah. Cause they were like Dylan, Dylan was a freshman at UCF when, yeah. when you transferred. He, USC and Georgia had come in late on his recruitment. Right. So, I mean, he, he yeah, he had there. a bunch of people that, that, that were were hot on his trail at the end. Yeah. So, And you're right, Spencer was recruited by everybody in the country. Right. What's it so, called? The crystal ball that yeah. has, has oh, yeah. landed somewhere? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so it's, it is interesting. What, what, what was that? You, you said it was pretty easy. Now, how, how did you decide on UCF? So I was just telling my business partner, my grandfather was passing mm-hmm. um, that year. That January he passed after I transferred in December, and he's in Florida. So it's kind of a, a family. Let's mm-hmm. go, you know, familiarity. Let's be close yeah. near to home. My mom was in Atlanta, um, so it was like, all right, Southeast. Like, let's go play in Florida. Um, I should have known though. Everett Golson and Malik Zaire both transferred to Florida schools, and neither of them worked out. And then I followed suit, and, and it didn't work out. <laughs> yeah, uh, so I, it's I, just a, I wrote about all those those, yeah, deals. those stories. When, yeah, yeah. when he went down to Florida State, you just assumed, all right, this is this will be is easy. A fit. But then he he gets banged up, and then yeah, right. the, the Malik thing that that through no fault of his own walked into a, a right. probably a mess that he didn't know was was there. Was there. So yeah, um, but uh, Jeff Lebby and Josh Heupel yeah. gave me an opportunity, Andy and. I was grateful for that, and those are you know two great guys that are doing well coaching. Work, I would say you've seen Levy just blow up at He's Ole Miss, out. and now it looks like he may be headed to Oklahoma. I think he is. So what, yeah. what's what's that offense? Yeah. like I mean, what what, what can Oklahoma fans expect? That's scary. <laughs> I don't think they should expect to miss a beat at all going yeah. from Lincoln, uh, Lincoln Riley's offense to uh, who is it? Brent uh, Brent Venables? No, it's not. Brent or, or, Venables. Yeah. It was, Baylor's head coach. Oh, Art Bryles. Yeah, Art yeah, Bryles. yeah, yeah. That's the offense yeah. that, uh, which everybody in the Big Twelve was pretty familiar with already. Right. So, yeah. Coach Levy's running, and, and it's very electric. And you have to have playmakers, and it's a lot of one on ones. It's who's going to beat who. It's it's uh, best man wins, yeah. and the quarterback's going to throw for a lot of yards, as you saw with Dylan Gabriel at UCF, and as yeah. you saw with Matt Corral this past year. Where'd you like to see Gil- Dylan land? In you a get- place where he's comfortable. I yeah. spoke to him right after he announced that he's transferring. He's just you know he wants to land where. He's going to be challenged. Uh, he's going to be able to play his type of, of football. Yeah. And then obviously take that game to the next level. That's, it is amazing, the, the story of him that Mackenzie Milton would basically just 
go to Josh Heupel on, on those Friday night dinners before the games and just say, you got to, you got to, you got to get my guy. You got yeah. to recruit my guy. Yeah. So. I mean, the same high school, yeah. right? same program. So same results. We'll be right back after this message from one of our lovely sponsors. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. So let's talk about your alma mater, though. Yeah. Notre Dame, uh, Brian Kelly leaves, and, yeah. and obviously you played for Brian Kelly. Yeah. Uh, so we'll start with that. What, what do you think Brian Kelly is going to do at LSU? I think he's going to do what he's done. And I, I think uh, it's hard to say, though, right? It's hard to say. Like, how's, Ma- how's it's a different Marcus environment. Freeman? Yeah. How's Marcus Freeman going to do? I don't know. I, yeah. He's 35, you know, guys yeah. love. Coach Kelly's been coaching for 30 years. He has a great track record. So what do I think he's going to do? I think he's going to continue to win games. I think he's going to continue to be effective. I think he, uh, per Leonard Fournette's tweet, he made a great hire in bringing back one of their running back coaches who's like one of their top Frank recruiters Wilson. Yep. ever. Yep. So starts off on a, on a good you know track, I guess. Uh, so I'm excited to see. I'm excited to see you know the type of performance that he's going to have. He's getting paid well. so <laughs> he is, They all are. So, right. and Marcus Freeman thing, now you didn't work with Marcus Freeman at all. He yeah. came in just last year. But when you saw the players and the way they responded to him. Yeah. What, what did that say to you? Said a lot. I think, it, it, you know, uh, I understand having a player's coach, right? Somebody who's, who's, a, who's very receptive to the players and their needs and, and adapting to the players that he has around him. Um, so that, that said a lot. And then, uh, and then, you know, I'm really excited that Tommy Reese had to, yes, know, uh, still assumes, the offensive coordinator position because I think that keeps the offense on the same on the right track and obviously the quarterback room, you know, has the same type of love that you know the guys have for Coach Freeman. You you went through you know uh, Notre Dame had to went down and then came back up. Yeah, seeing them where they are now as a program. Yeah, is it, it how much? I mean, how close to the ceiling are they? Are they can they get even better than this or yeah we, yeah i can't say anything else i can't yeah. say they i can't say that uh you know i think they're gonna win a national championship i, I, I do I, I believe that i believe that all of this happened when the program was in the great position right we're, we're this couldn't have happened at a better time for the program for a head coach who's been there for 11 years to leave and then for somebody else to assume the position um and the excitement around the program i think is is more than ever ever experience myself um so and we had a transfer quarterback Andy. like who thought we would be here 11 Notre Dame that's right 11 and 1 I don't know the last time we had a transfer quarterback uh and for us to be in this position right now you know we had a chance to go you know be into the national uh college football playoffs I think is phenomenal so with your experience now doing this with mogul 
and your experience playing quarterback at Notre Dame. And I, yeah. and I'm going to, I'm going to give you a chance to recruit for Notre Dame right now, yeah. but, but I'm, I'm legitimately curious the power of the Notre Dame brand. Yeah. Plus the ability of players to create their own brand. Yeah. How much can those players that are, they're currently on the roster at Notre Dame take advantage of that now? Yeah. I think it's, I think the sky's the limit. Um, uh, I, it's hard to put into words the the value that I think Notre Dame can create for their athletes. I think Jack Schwarberg, who's a good you know dear friend and and I admire his work, is is uh is taking slow steps because he knows the value that's there and he wants to do it right and he knows that this is a bigger opportunity. Again, like well, I said, you have to make sure it's done right because you can't cheapen the brand. That, that's that, Notre Dame, though. Yeah. So it's going to be a recruiting advantage two to three years from now. Um, and I think they're going to, I think they're going to set their athletes up, you know, right. I'm sad. I missed out on the opportunity. Oh man. You, well, you would have had, I'm just, I'm just trying to imagine who you would have partnered with. Right. Cause I, you know, I was in the fashion too. Like, yeah, exactly. And, you would have had, so it would have been like the, it, you know, they always put the, uh, the X and so it's, yeah. it's never, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's never, <laughs> it's never Nike and Dior right. collaborating. It's Nike X Dior. Right. 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 So right, right it would have right. been like. Balenciaga <laughs> X Brandon Marshall Brandon Marshall another podcaster oh, yeah, who's a very good podcaster but, great but but no yeah. but but yeah you would have had mental health you would have had the uh, you would have had the 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 Brandon Wimbush line at yeah. uh yeah who was uh, at Under Armour because because yeah, under, uh, we were Under Armour Notre Dame was Under Armour at that we point yeah that would have been sick that would have been like a Cam Newton line Brandon can you imagine line. what was yeah. your logo look like BW seven we already had it. You had a little, okay. We already had it. You, well, Under you were, Armour already put one, and, and we just couldn't do anything. I, yeah. Wait, okay, tell me that story. How did, so, how did, we, so I actually work with the lady through Mogul now who was uh, Under Armour's uh, marketing hmm. director, and they came in to our facility because we were obviously, there are corporate partners that were, were sponsored by them. Uh, so they wanted me to use a football an Under Armour football, mm-hmm. right? We were going to go from Wilson at the time to Under Armour football. They created me a logo, BW7. They wanted me to use it, right? Brand it right. As, as, you know, to the quarterback. This is while you're playing quarterback. This is while we're playing. Before name, image, and likeness yep. was a thing. Um, but just full transparency, it just wasn't a good feel in my hand. Like, I'm a big quarterback. Mm-hmm. I'm a big how the ball feels in my hand type of guy. Right. I think Brady's the same way. Yeah. Clearly he is, right? With yeah, the you're not, gate. you don't have to talk uh, about deflating balls. But right? Yeah, <laughs> but no, the way ball feels in the hand is, is mostly everything for a quarterback, and it just wasn't a, f- a fit, but the logo was so cool, and the logo was so fire, and I think it would have been a great opportunity. That's an interesting NIL. point, though. So it wasn't right for you. Yeah. And when you talk to athletes right. now, how, right. how much do you have to advise them on, hey, don't take everything right. Because you you might not want to be associated with this in two right. years or three right. years. Yeah, you you never know, and it's vice versa for the brand. Right. You never know when you're dealing with athletes, eighteen to twenty two year olds, but more so for the athletes. When I'm discussing, I mostly I mostly discuss oversaturation of your brand, mm-hmm. um, not saturating your your social media presence with you know variety. It can't be then all ads. Then there's yeah. just not there's no authenticity, and mm-hmm. as you know, uh, Andy, and so. Athletes need to be uh, uh, specific with the brands that they want to work with, and make sure that they align with their values and not just the, the monetary value. There. Well, that's—I mean—that's the thing here is—is is, you know we're on a podcast and and this recording will have some ads inserted into it that I've done the reads for yeah. previously, and I'm I'm just so I'm always so happy when it's a company that 
like we've got a couple advertisers that I was using the product right. before they came on board. Got it. So and it was the genuine. ad reads sound great because I'm just genuine. saying what I said to my friends before. Right. <laughs> before hey, I'm using this product exactly. every morning and yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, so the shout out to uh, to Peloton and, and, and Sonos speakers, but <laughs> those are two good ones, man. Heck yeah, great ones. Heck yeah. <laughs> so I was using my Peloton app this morning to to push me through a, an yeah. interval run. Right. So, but that, I mean that that is such a big thing because I I do think as young as these folks are, I mean I would have had no clue how to handle. I, I if I'd have been, you know, a, a good football player, I was a terrible walk on. So. <laughs> I would not have been offered any deals, but I would have had the jankiest NIL deals if I'd have, if yeah. I'd have been able to play. Like I'd had the China Super Buffet. Yeah. I think I, you know, Gainesville, Florida didn't have a ton of right. you know big businesses. It wasn't like you right. know there there were a ton of places. But Gainesville's a good spot though, and and I'll push back on you that a lot of these deals, there's it's top heavy yeah. football players, basketball players, men and women's basketball, but there are opportunity and value at the mid. Well, like in Gainesville, it, it, what I'm interested in is is like volleyball yeah because florida has a really good volleyball program and so it has become a big volleyball town and so the high schools have really good volleyball teams so if i florida's best volleyball player can probably put on a clinic now right and make really good money right or do private lessons because they're you know i i have neighbors who who have their daughters in club volleyball and they pay a fortune for this stuff so I mean, it's it, it's crazy. Imagine golf. Imagine the expensive sports. You know. Oh yeah, golf. Um, Hockey. Any, anything that has a club aspect to it early on, yeah. baseball. Yeah. Um, you you can really do some some good work there, and and probably connect with the kids better than than somebody else that they could hire. Hundred percent. That's <laughs> the value out there, and that's the value for every college athlete. If you're playing collegiately, you know you have some type of expertise that um, you know a high school kid's mom is, is looking for, right? Or high school kid admires. I'm, I'm curious. So I'm thinking about some of the players through the years who, you know, you had a really big personality and were outgoing and wanted to talk to everybody. What, what about the, the Amari Cooper types who are yeah. great players, but they, they really would prefer just to work out and, and, and play. Yeah. How, how can you help them get a deal? How can they connect with, with somebody? Yeah. yeah I, I, I mean, I'm, a, I don't even know if it's called ambivert, but like, I can be extroverted when I want, and, oh, and then, I know but I'm that. typically yeah. introverted. I want to. I want to be alone sometimes. I right. understand that. Yep. Uh, so, like, even for me, like, I'm not this huge brand builder using my social media platform now. Like, I could probably have, I should have way more following and an audience than I do. Um, so, I always think about like, how can I help those athletes who are just naturally introverted and don't want to be on social media, right? And going yeah. to all these networking events. Yeah, because Amari Cooper obviously had a huge platform right. as Alabama's but best But he's receiver. probably very involved in the community yes. and doesn't want to show it. D- absolutely it's like not. a genuine yeah. thing. Yep. So I think that way is something that a, college, a lot of college athletes have taken upon. Um, and it doesn't always have to be in the public, but there's a lot of brands that want to align with you because of your mm-hmm. authenticity and the way that you treat people and, and the way that you go about your business, right? And it doesn't, again, it doesn't always have to be out in the public, but it can be in private, but you're making so much good in the world, right? Doing yeah. things that matter to you. I'm going to get this BW7 logo back. Can I know. you buy it from Under Armour, you think? I think they would. I think they did sell it to you yeah, probably. We do a little co-licensing. That's you know what? what? Nike paid for the swoosh, right? It's like twenty five like bucks. Cheap, yeah, yeah, yeah. Back in what? In like the seventies. Yeah, seventies, <laughs> yeah. sixties. So 
you know, I, you can give them like a grand or something. Be like, right. no, no, I'm, I'm, I need this. You're, guys. you're not gonna, you're not gonna use it for anything else. Let me, just That's let me grab good it. Little point though, I might go, I might go snag that. Absolutely, I might go snag that. Yeah, I, I got a logo for this show that I didn't design, but I love it. It's a, it's a neon football helmet with a hot dog in the middle because all I yeah. do is eat. So it's, <laughs> it's perfect. But yeah. I mean, that's, it, it's so funny talking about this stuff because. I'm sure when you started playing football, you were not thinking about right thinking about playing Sundays. Yeah. yeah, and but you're a good example of a player who really could have done well off the NIL stuff right. and did not wind up playing in the NFL for a long time. So right. this would this would have helped you kind of kickstart so your life. Like, this yeah. is why I'm so impacted by it, so passionate about by it, right? Yep. Um, yeah, good point. Could it help me kickstart my life? Like I was really on the brink of. I just, I just try to think about. Let's say an athlete comes out of school with enough money for a down payment on a house. Yeah. How much does that change the trajectory of your life? Uh-huh. Having a down payment on a house. I'm living with my mom too. I'm living with <laughs> my mom. So exactly. I'm trying to save up for that. Yes. That down payment on a home. You yes. know what I mean. And a five thousand dollar deal here, a five, you know, ten thousand yeah. dollar deal here. Even if it's like five hundred dollars, and you're making that right, yeah. like that's such, that's so uh, powerful and, and goes a long way. But I, I think you're, I think you're right. I think it's this is gonna go a long way for college athletes. Brandon, thank you so much. I, I, I'm very excited to see where you guys go with this. And uh, thanks. Andy. I. I first time I met you, I knew this was this was coming. You were you were going to be a mogul, and now. Mogul is your company. Thanks so much, man. I appreciate you guys having me. That's it for today's show. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, you can listen all week. We have tons of great shows that are going to make you a more informed and a much more entertained college football fan. You've got the Andy Staples Show. You've got Power Hour with Nicole Auerbach and Michael Felder. On Tuesdays, you've got Stars Matter with Ari Wasserman and Mitch Light as your bonus content. You've got One True Pod with Max Olson, Sam Conn, and Jason Kersey talking Big 12 on Thursdays. You've got Football and Grits with me and David Ubbin on Mondays talking SEC. What more can you ask for? As Jim Harbaugh would say, who's got it better than us? And remember, stars do matter, so hit that five-star review button whenever you get the chance. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you on Monday.